you know, as I was preparing for today's message, I kind of struggled with which direction to go. Of course, you know, my mind first went to like, I should probably do a traditional Christmas message because this is our Christmas service after all, right? But I could just feel the Holy Spirit like trying to get my attention. And as I listened, it became very clear what God has for us today. You see, it's really easy to get so distracted by Christmas that we forget about Jesus. I know that I'm guilty of it. Anybody else in the room? Decorations, presents, and all that stuff, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that go home and burn your trees and, and, and burn the presents. Don't give them to your kids. I'm not saying any of that at all. All that's good stuff. But what we have to guard against is letting that stuff distract us from what the real reason that we celebrate Christmas, which is Jesus. So I want to tell you Tasha's story. It was a chilly February evening as we pulled into our neighborhood. And on one side of the road sat a young girl hysterically crying, wearing only a tank top and shorts. We pulled over and I got out and moved towards the woman saying, how can I help you? She muttered the words, he kicked me out. I'm pregnant and my boyfriend kicked me out. As I searched for words, my only thought was, she's a person, show her dignity. So I asked, what's your name? Brittany. I replied, it's very nice to meet you, Brittany. Would you like a ride to where you're going? Yes, my grandma lives nearby, she said. We walked to the car and my husband hopped in the back seat with our two children who both sat with their eyes and mouths wide open. Without missing a beat, I introduced my family to Brittany as though I'd known her for years. Brittany, would it be okay if I get you some clothes? We can just run by the house and I'll pick you something up. Yes, I'm really cold. I pulled into my driveway and went inside. To my surprise, Brittany followed close behind me. I grabbed a long-sleeved sweatshirt, sweatpants, and flip-flops. Why flip-flops? I don't know. Maybe that's all she had. When I I read this story, I'm like, flip-flops in February? Do we have any flip-flop wearers in February out there? I may wear them to take out the trash, but that's it. Anyway, so I handed her the clothing, and she went inside to the bathroom to change. We then took her to her grandmother's house and wished her well. On the way home, our children inquired about what had just happened, and I simply said, I'm sure that's what Jesus would have wanted us to do. They agreed, and we went about the rest of our evening. The next morning, I was casually reading my devotional when it was if the words leapt off the page. Jesus said, I was naked, and you clothed me. My heart quickened as I remembered the events of the night before. Opportunities to love like Jesus might happen anytime, anywhere. We can love the stranger on the street like Jesus. When Brittany meets Jesus, I pray she'll recognize him as the one she encountered on her way to Grandma's house one cold February evening. So we've spent the last three weeks in a series called Love Like Jesus. And in week one, we discovered how to forgive like Jesus forgives. And it's interesting because in the Bible... Jesus actually gives us specific instructions on how to forgive. And the first step is to pray for those who hurt you, right? So instead of just letting those negative thoughts like circle around in your head a hundred more times, what you do is you stop and you pray for that person because what it does is it forces you to renew your mind, which in turn changes your attitude, and it also keeps you from doing things you'll regret later on. Now, the second step is to forgive like you have been forgiven because Jesus didn't just forgive you of a few things. He forgave you of everything, past, present, and future. And it doesn't matter how bad it was. Jesus forgave it. And when we take time to remember this simple truth, it actually empowers us to forgive others like Jesus forgave us. Now, you probably can't muster up this forgiveness on your own. But whenever you take time to reflect on what Jesus did for you, the Holy Spirit comes in and he empowers you to forgive just like Jesus would forgive, regardless of what they've done to you. 
Now, in week two, our discipleship team leader, Chris Wills, examined the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. This, how many of y'all have heard this story like several times in church? And I have too, and it's still like one of those stories that I, didn't, I just didn't quite get it. Like, what's the significance in that? We don't wash people's feet today, so it just never really made sense to me. But if you think back, they, washed each, they had to wash their feet before they went in the house because they only wore sandals back then. And I'm, I'm pretty sure where their climate was, it was really dusty. And so when they came in, I imagine their feet were sweaty because it was also hot. And so their feet would get really dirty, so they'd have to wash them. And so Jesus washed his disciples' feet to give us an example of how to serve others. You see, serving when it's convenient is something that any of us can do. What's interesting about this story, though, is Jesus washes his disciples' feet while he's, like, on his way to the cross. If you were going to die, like, within the next few days, would you take the time to wash somebody else's feet? I don't imagine that it was convenient for Jesus to serve that day, but he did it because he wanted, us, wanted to give us an example. Now, in week three, one of our board members, John Curry, talked about investing in others because Jesus spent his life teaching others giving to others, and even feeding them? So do you carry the same attitude of giving? Do you give your time when somebody needs help? Do you provide meals to those who need them? Or do you take time to pray for those who need prayer? So loving like Jesus is a tall task. Anybody agree to that? I just don't know if I can do that. But it's only possible when we understand Jesus' love for us as individuals. So what I want to do today is I want to wrap up the series. It's very appropriate, Christmas season, to talk about Jesus. We're not going to talk about how we can love like Jesus. We're going to talk about how Jesus loves you. So how many of you guys like Mondays? Do I have any? Don? Good. Well, when you have three kids, ages three and under, who, want to, who each want to take their turn waking you up on Sunday night, it makes Monday all of that the more difficult. So that's what happened to us this past Monday. So Beth and I rolled out of bed trying to muster up that good attitude while we were fixing the kids' breakfast. And when walking into the kitchen, we both noticed this rank smell, like it was bad. So we're sniffing around, you know, trying to find the source. Is it the trash? Did the dog poop on the floor? Did somebody track something in? Are the onions rotting? Like, what is this? We searched everything, and Beth even cleaned the floor, and the smell came back. As we were sniffing around, our one-year-old woke up because she's usually the last one awake. She likes to sleep in like her mom. But since we have a newborn at home, mom doesn't get to sleep in really anymore. So I went to her room, opened the door, and bam, I'd found the smell. Apparently, Addie not only threw up several times in the night, but she also blew out of her diaper. Yeah, Addie had a rough night. Now, there's only one way to fix this problem. You have to (laughs) tackle, Beth says cry. Dad says, you tackle it head on. So I pulled Addie out of her mess and set her on her changing table, unzipped her little onesie sleeper to find that poop was all over her. And it had been there a while. And at this point, my heart just shattered into a thousand pieces because I began to imagine what the night must have been like for her. In her room, all alone, throwing up, blowing out of her diaper, just trying to sleep. You see, we still have a baby monitor in her room, so we heard her fuss a little bit in the night, but it was never anything real extreme. But if I were honest with you, there was a moment in the night where I was like, I wonder if she got sick. 
And in hindsight, now I realize that was the Holy Spirit giving me a gentle nudge to go in there and take care of her. But I never went and checked on her. I just fell back asleep. So after playing this scene in my mind and then realizing that I should have been there to help her, I fell apart. I don't cry very often, but I was sobbing in this moment. The entire day ended up being like this roller coaster of emotions. I guess I just had a small sense of what it's like to be a woman. I don't know. <laughs> probably not. Probably not even close, right? <laughs> One day. So I went for a walk in the late afternoon to try to pull my emotions together. And Jesus revealed something to me while I was talking to him. When we're rolling around in our mess, his heart breaks just like mine did for Adeline. But the difference is, as soon as we call out, he comes to our rescue. We don't have to worry about him falling back asleep or putting us off. He comes the moment that we call out. You see, I didn't have to think about cleaning up Adeline's mess. I just sprung into action because I couldn't stand that smell and that mess just being all over her because that's not my baby girl. Often we try to hide our mess from Jesus. We're not quite sure if he's interested in cleaning us up. But just like I was with Adeline, Jesus is waiting for you to come to him. And when you do, he springs into action and cleans you up because the mess is not who you are. How do I know this? Well, there's a story found in John 8. Jesus was in the temple doing his thing, teaching to like this huge crowd of people. I imagine there wasn't an empty seat in the house like normal. And while he was teaching, some religious people brought in a woman who had been caught cheating. They stood her in plain sight of everybody. And they said, teacher, I mean, just imagine this. Jesus is like talking to a crowd of people. And here comes like this, these religious people bringing in this woman, interrupting what Jesus was doing. Teacher, this woman was caught red-handed in the act of adultery. Moses in the law gives orders to stone such a person. What do you say? So here's this woman. I imagine she was probably like half naked because remember it says she was caught in the act of adultery in front of all these people and somebody is airing out her dirty laundry. And the people humiliating her were the supposedly churchgoer people that prayed all the time and that lived these perfect lives. And to make matters worse, these religious people didn't really care about getting justice for the wrongdoing. That's not what they cared about. They were just trying to set a trap for Jesus so that they could have something to use against him later on. So they kept at Jesus, badgering him, and he finally said, you know what? The sinless one among you, the one without sin, go ahead, cast the first stone. Now, it's not surprising that one after another, they all just left the room. And when everybody was gone, Jesus stood up and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Does anybody accuse you? She says, no one. And he said, neither do I. Go your way and sin no more. So this story reveals how Jesus reacts to sin. Often we view him as that every Sunday churchgoer. That's just waiting to point out your faults. But that's not Jesus at all. He's actually your advocate, even when you make mistakes. And often, he stands up for you when everybody else is accusing you. He pours out forgiveness when everybody else is airing out your dirty laundry. This is an amazing display of love. But yet we sometimes assume that this unconditional love means that Jesus ignores our sin. But he doesn't ignore it. 
He actually does something much better. He frees you from your sin. He empowers you to go on your way and sin no more. You see, if Jesus ignored our sin, there wouldn't be any change. We'd find ourselves in the same place over and over and over. You know what? If I would have ignored Adeline's mess, you guys would be smelling it right now. And some of you would probably have to step outside for a breath of fresh air. Because I imagine by, let's see, this would be day six, it would be pretty bad. Because it was pretty bad on day one. But for Jesus to free us from sin, we have to confront our sin. We must bring it before his great love and receive forgiveness and freedom.